live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hey, welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. It is time for the professional contributors. We're running a little bit late, but we had a good time in talking to Terry Bowden. Duck Riley, how are you, sir? That was pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Without a doubt, Precious. <laughs> and I did not know until tonight that he was um, a running back and played with you. I did not know that. So, Duck, you know, I'm going to have to start calling you a legend for sure. You know, you know a lot of uh, movers and shakers around here. I'm going to start being nice to you, Duck, and some West Virginia people. Okay. All right. <laughs> I want, I'm, I'm, wait, hold. Make sure this is taped so everybody knows that. You... <laughs> Make that a New Year's resolution. Um, also, he said at the end, if Tommy is on, he'll never get a word in. Uh, it is. I, I think they both can talk, don't you, Duck? <laughs> oh, with, without a doubt. So we, we, we're going to test it, Chris. We're going to get them yeah. both off. Yeah, we're going to test that for sure. Again, thank you, Coach Terry Bowden. He took us all the way back from playing at West Virginia, growing up in West Virginia, you know, having his dad at the dinner table to starting it at the age of 28, I think he said, at Salem. That was pretty good. He was good. I appreciate you setting that up, Doug, for sure. No problem. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's get into guys here. Doc, how are you, sir? Good evening. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Doc, we hit Thank another you. mountaineer on Doc. We hit huh. another mountaineer. I heard. I heard. I missed. I have to huh. go back and listen to the replay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I tried to get some of the music in at the end, but I'm glad. I was happy to cut that off to move on. <laughs> To, to our 7 o'clock show. Larry Tisdale, how are you? I am good. What's going on, Sam? What's going on? I can't wait to talk to How's you. Everybody? You, you put in the thread, oh, this doesn't look good. And you put in the thread <laughs> that it, once we got three or four minutes in, and you weren't, oh. I, I don't know how you knew, but um, you you obviously knew your football for sure. Um, oh, let's God. get in Carlos before we get every, everybody else started. Carlos, how are you? I am good. How's everybody doing this evening? Doing good, sir. Doing good. Doing good. All right, uh, Duck, let's get started. No Tim Moore tonight. He's busy traveling the road, um, on the country road, playing the song. So we'll 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 do it without him. Go ahead, Duck. All right, we don't have Will in either, huh? No. No Will yet. Okay. All right. All right. Uh let's start with Larry. Let's 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 go with a little open mic, Larry. You know, and I'm not even sure. Well, it's really pretty easy. I thought this round of the playoff games was fantastic. And I compare that against when the Eagles and some of the subpar opponents were playing. Everybody this weekend played well. Every game was a closely contested game. So it was really good to see that there were no no flops. So that would be my open mic, that I enjoyed football on a consistent level this weekend. Okay, uh, let's go with Doc. Um, Patrick Mahomes is that dude. 
as uh, Chris Broussard says, he's Jordan-esque, um, you know, in a team sport perspective, kind of like Tiger back in the day. You can always count on him to uh, come through in the clutch. Okay. All right, Princess? That field goal was wide right. Um, <laughs> Buffalo knows that line quite well. Um, I just want to talk about – I was talking to um, – some people at different colleges this week, and the new thing is to now do a whole announcement of those who are returning, who, um, and I'm talking about college football, I'm talking about um, the transfer portal. Not only are we announcing who's transferred in, but now if you are staying, they're now doing a whole campaign for that to say he's returning for his sophomore year, he's returning for his junior year. They're doing that to build goodwill with these young men um, so that they'd stay out of the transfer portal and give them a little bit um, of fanfare. I think it's really crazy that that's where we are, but here we are. And congratulations to Tara Vanderveer, Stanford coach, um, for for exceeding Mike Krzyzewski's um, 1,202 wins. Congratulations mm-hmm. to her. She said her mom said she'd never amount to anything if she followed basketball. And her mom is still living. She says, hey, mom, I made it to ESPN. Congratulations, sir. <laughs> okay. All right. Carlos. Yes, sir. Um, I'm glad you saved me for last because I'm having a problem with, and I know it's the next question, but I've debated on when to bring it up or beef or whatever, but the the lack of realistic coaching candidates that are black. The fact that, you know, you have Raheem Morris, you have Brian Leftwich, you have Eric Bieniemy, you have Steve Wilkes, I could go on, but you have legitimate coaches that can coach this game and have coached this game. And then you're going to float around this Brian Johnson, who's not even a good <laughs> offensive coordinator. Wow. How in the world can you say you get three head coaching opportunities? That is merely an abuse of the Rooney rule. That is merely a slap in the face of all the legitimate coaches out there. I mean, he literally took a all-pro quarterback from a breakout year to look like it was his rookie year again to an offense that was sec- first and second in different categories in the NFL and took them down to 22nd, 25th. So how in the world could you legitimately be a head coaching candidate? That is a slap in the face. And I think it's disrespectful and wrong to do. Prove yourself, young man, black or not. You're not good. Okay. I want to stay right with you, Carlos, because the question, and we're going to have to kind of change it up a little bit because the good thing about it, you know, now you got got Mayo and you have Antonio Pierce. But my thing is, what happened with Brian Flores and some of the other ones that you just mentioned? Well, that's exactly what I'm saying, Duck. It's disrespectful. It's a slap in the face to the Rooney rule. I mean, that's – you got to interview a cook. 
what are you doing? So everybody's going to interview the same not good candidate like Brian Johnson? Give me a break. You can't even get along with your childhood friend playing quarterback, let alone run an offense or run a defense or run a whole team. It's disrespectful, and it's, it's annoying to me, and it's upsetting to me that this that the NFL just puts on this PR movement to say, look what we're doing. Look, we're, it's somebody new. It's somebody young. It's somebody black. I can't even use the adjectives I want to use, but it's BS. And it's not <laughs> good for the game, and it's not good for football. You are taking legitimate people that could lead teams and not giving them an opportunity. Brian Left was just gone. Brian Flory's just gone. Eric Bieniemy should be the heir apparent to the commander's job. He was offensive coordinator and assistant head coach. Why do you not become the head coach if you just were the assistant with a very productive offense? It's ridiculous. It's a, it's just insulting to the public and it's insulting to us being people that have been around football for most of our life. Okay. Larry? Ooh, I beg to differ on this point that Carlos just mentioned, and I understand his stance, that it is bad for the game. Um, Unfortunately, he is correct, but the majority of Americans will never know what they're missing. You know, it's literally like going, you know, uh, from the Negro League. Nobody knew how good the Negro League was. until you brought Satchel Paige and, and, you know, Robinson over and some others, and you'd be like, wow, that's what we were missing. Um, white owners probably know, but most of Americans or anybody watching this game does not know what's missing. You know, you just went through a whole list. We don't even need to go through that anymore. Typically when you play in the playoffs, if you have a good season and your team offensively as a coordinator defensively does well, you're at this level in the playoffs, your name is a hot topic, always if you're white. If you're black, it doesn't matter. I don't know. We have Aaron Glenn is not at the top of everybody's mouth. I don't know how where Johnson is being shopped around as a coach. Um, it is a slap in the face. But this is corporate America. Um, jobs are handed out to friends, as they are in corporate America, just like contracts are handed out to friends, under the table, over the table, however you want to do it. There is no difference here. Until there is something really put in place, and not the the Rooney rule, Um, until something really substantial is put into place, that there could be some oversight um, to the hiring process. This This will continue. We will still be perplexed. We'll be upset. We'll be beating our heads saying, how in the hell did some of these guys not get hired? Because we know what they could do. As a matter of fact, the players know what they can do. Um, so until something's really put into play, and, and I don't know if you could do that legally, but you could probably get to the bargaining table, and, and, and the Players Association probably needs to step up on this and say, listen, when you're having this hiring process, we need to be in the room. We need to understand what the conversation is so that we could understand what the hell to answer on the interview so that we could get hired. Because obviously winning doesn't have anything to do with it. Leading men has nothing to do with it. Leading a clean life has nothing to do with it. Until we know the, the answers or even the questions to the interview process, we're going to be doing this absolutely every, every single year. And there's 
so, you know, as time goes on, so many great minds didn't have an opportunity to, to, to coach as an NFL coach on, that, on those sidelines. And that's a travesty. Um, but this is, a, this, is, this is not just an NFL problem, but it is more symptomatic when we get to watch it at this level. Okay. Uh, Princess. Yeah, Doug. Um, you know, each year, and, and Doug, I've been doing this with you quite some time, and each year this is what we are. And I, I, I got happy with Gerard Mayo and Antonio Pierce. But isn't that a yeah. shame? Because what is the conversation that has gotten Byron Leftwich completely out of the picture? Completely. Something happened with the owners after Byron Leftwich said, no, now you're not going to hire me as the head coach of the Jaguars um, as as dismal as they've been in some years and then tell me that you're going to hire the rest of my staff or that you're then going to then control everything that I do. I don't blame him for saying that. But somewhere down the road, whatever happened in Jack, with Jacksonville has, you know, penetrated the rest of the NFL. And nobody's even calling out his name, you know, and, and that's a shame. But I have been bitten so much in this. I'm actually excited that we have two already. And I really thought maybe Steve Wilkes would be um, number three at Atlanta. No, that's not happening. Not with the second interview to Harbaugh and a second interview with Belichick, too. Um, And I think they even brought in Brian Johnson for an interview there as well as the Chargers have. And I don't understand where, where did he come from? What happened to this? And this is his first year as coordinator for the Eagles, and I love what Carlos had to say about this. Um, mm-hmm. But here we are with the with the counter again out, you know, at the end of the season. I think we're down to six openings, um, if I'm not mistaken, and we'll recycle more of the white coaches than anything else. Otherwise, I don't understand why Dan Quinn even has a job as a defensive coordinator, and then now he's traveling and, and interviewing for head coaching. I don't understand how we get there. Um, and then the other one, Ron Rivera, now interviewing us for defensive coordinator for the, the Eagles. Oh, Hire him, Eagles. No, <laughs> Hire no him. God, no. Oh, I was and then Matt, I Patricia, Matt Patricia is entering the coaching portal also. He could take his story <laughs> behind somewhere also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, the the and I like I think I said this last year last week but defensive back for the Eagles Slay said having two defensive coordinators in the middle of the season is like having two marriages you cannot you can't navigate either one of those Ooh, and he said it was, was really good. really tough yeah, yeah for good. sure okay hey, princess before uh, we uh, real quick before we move on I'm sorry Dave real quick you know and I don't mean to, to beat on this. Um, but I think that they view us as, as, as Hispanic and black uh, uh, coaches in the league the same way. The audacity, I don't know if you, well, I'm sure we all recall, that Suzanne Summers, when she had the number one hit with Three's Company, asked for a raise. And when she asked for a raise, they fired her. They literally fired mm-hmm. her because she had the audacity to ask for a raise. Um, I think it's similar, and we've seen this also happen uh, uh, with uh, some of the uh, uh, stars going on now in the color purple. They had the same thing. If you have the audacity to feel good about yourself and ask for what you deserve, what, what you see everybody deserve. So to your point, I think that's what happened to Byron Leslie, that he was a strong enough man and candidate and, and you know, un- understood his skills that he says, listen, I can't do that. 
I think we remember Big Tuna said, listen, you can't ask me to come in and run your shop and cook for you if you're not letting me cook, you know, go get the groceries. So yeah. if you don't have a team around you, how in the heck can you expect us to do what your great coaches couldn't do back then? Um, I think this is this has nothing to do with coaching. Um, this is a pressure. These are billionaires who have never been around people of color, ever have been around people of color unless they're servants or doing some work for them. They don't know how we function. It's not a matter of fear anymore because no matter the, your temperament, it does not work. So whether you're quiet, you're loud, you're boisterous, or you're in quiet confidence, it, it's just not working. They have a problem with us having the audacity to want to be treated as a normal human being. And that's why he's not in the conversation anymore, because that's ridiculous, because what he did down there in Tampa should have been a head coach immediately. And I said this last week, they need to be playing a game like they did with Antonio Pierce, and they they hired him. But if they're not doing the same thing with the enemy, we have a major problem. I hope that this is a smokescreen and he's hired. All right, well, They'll let you know, and Doc could probably speak on it more, but they supposed, he's supposed to be the leading candidate, which doesn't mean anything by the media or Facebook. But then again, we know everything on Facebook is true. So, all right, Doc. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not really sure what more I can add. I mean, as everybody's mentioned, this unfortunately is uh, kind of the, the running theme for the past however many years as far as um, – you know, retreading white white coaches and get fired one week and get hired the next week when um, there's all these black candidates that are available that, you know, don't get a fair shot as, as an interview. Um, I mean, hopefully, I, I think there's some Aaron Glenn might, you know, like the Titans and maybe Raheem Morris or the Seahawks. But, you know, it's, it's always kind of a wait and see. And, um, you know, you have all these, the young white co- coordinators are coming from like the Shanahan tree or whatever. They always will get a, an opportunity to see what they can do. But, you know, the, well, the young black coaches don't get any kind of chance. And then the ones that are um, older, if, if you've had one shot and you didn't win the Super Bowl, basically, then, you know, you're done. You're not going to get a second chance, which is, you know, obviously totally unfair to, to them. And um, I, you know, I, I just don't really know why it's like that, but, Unfortunately, it is. Okay. Doc, I'm going to stay with you, man. Let's talk about some of the playoff games uh, this past weekend. Well, you know, the the Ravens and the Texans game, I guess I'll kind of go in order. Um, you know, the Ravens' defense was just so stout. They uh, they allowed Lamar, I guess, to heat up. Uh, you know, he looked like he's kind of rusty maybe in the first half. You know, he hadn't played like three weeks, so I think that was part of it. But, you know, they clearly put a lot of pressure on C.J. And, you know, they choked out the running game and kind of limited what the Texans could do. And then, um, you know, besides that punt return, the Texans really didn't do anything offensively. And then, uh, you know, you thought that maybe it was going to be a game going into half with being 10-10. And I'm not sure exactly what Harbaugh said, but, you know, in the second half, then the Ravens just kind of steamrolled the Texans. And, you know, that was – Kind of it. You want me to keep going, or you want each person to do a game? Yeah, yeah, just keep going. Yeah, just we'll okay. Just talk about it. Yeah. Okay, and then um, for like the Forty ers Packers game, you know, I, I think the Forty ers really dodged a bullet. Um, they, I won't say they should have lost, but they definitely could have lost. Um, 
you know, evidently Purdy with his little hands doesn't do well in the rain. Um, and, you know, it was a real problem from them until like that last drive where he, you know, was able to get them down and, and go for the go-ahead score. Um, but I was really surprised at the San Francisco defense. I know that the Packers had a good game plan last week and as well as this week. But, you know, they didn't get any pressure on Love. Um, and, you know, they um, Jones was able to run the ball. So they really didn't stop anything. Um, you know, I guess Love had that terrible interception at the end. But, you know, if if he would have driven down, you know, obviously would have been changed the outcome of the game. Um, and so I think, like, you know, looking forward to next week, that lack of pressure that they couldn't get is going to be – it might be an issue against the Lions um, because, you know, going to the Lions-Buck game, I mean, besides the one pass that uh, golf threw, he was he was pretty much on point, and he's kind of been proven over the past couple of weeks and actually I guess his career that if you don't get pressure on him, then, you know, he's going to eat you up. Um but you know, I was, I, but I was impressed with Baker kind of in the loss. I mean, he threw that bad interception, but uh, you know, he he looked, he was playing well. I'm sure that the Bucks are probably going to have to give him some sort of deal, um, based on the way that he played. Um, and then you know, the the last game, the, the Chiefs and the Bills. I think, you know, it didn't disappoint. I mean, it was back and forth. Um, I know there was a lot of hand wringing early on as far as the Chiefs all year about the drop passes and their lack of offense, but. You know, they put it together, I guess, when it mattered the most. And, um, you know, this is like two years in a row that the Bills have been limited at home. And, you know, you, you play for home field and you can't get it done home field. You know, last year was the Bengals and this year with the Chiefs. So, you know, you kind of have to wonder if they're ever going to get over the hump. Okay. Uh, your thoughts on this, Lars? Yeah. Um, I'll start with the Detroit game. Um, I, you know, that Detroit game, I, I take Detroit because it, it just fits that, that defensive coordinator. They're, they're following their coach. Um, their defensive scheme playing well. Uh, Baker did, has impressed me uh, since he's been in Tampa. Uh, I was really surprised. Did not think he'd play well this year. They showed extremely well, really competitive game throughout the entire game. Um, I just thought that this year was probably just Detroit's year. They were playing overall with a great deal of confidence. So to see them pull it out was it was it was what I, I probably predicted. That Green Bay San Francisco game, I I thought Green Bay was going to win this at the beginning of the game before the, the kickoff. Um, I think Princess mentioned this earlier in the year, a few weeks when the playoffs started. San Francisco is vulnerable. Um, that that defense uh, does not get to where it needs to be all the time, and you know Purdy could be somewhat inconsistent. Although he was consistent enough to win this game, but if Love you know, if they make a play or two more, we're looking here and saying this was a great upset. Um, is Green Bay that good? You know, did did their, you know, inability to be playing in the playoffs for a while have anything to do with it? I'm not sure. Um, but I think San Francisco uh, did dodge a bullet, as was said prior. Um, I'm going to save that one for last. The Kansas City-Buffalo uh, game. It, it was the Kansas City-Buffalo game. Um I don't know how else to describe it. No matter what, I don't know if it's a, if it's, whether it be a high-scoring game or not. It's going to come down to the final five minutes of the game. Uh, typically, if somebody has a turnover, it will, you know, change the game. Um, unfortunately, you know, this was wide right that changed the game, which was really a surprise to me until you look at the history. Maybe they're cursed. So um, I, I'm not even going to say I thought Kansas City's offense was a better scheme or not. It, I don't think it had anything to do with that. 
almost who had made the last mistake in uh, turnovers. Um, that Baltimore game, that the Baltimore Ravens remind me of the Baltimore Ravens, that defense of the old Baltimore Ravens, like Ray Lewis' uh, defense. They, they play a, a defense different than anybody. In San Francisco, I don't know if, if they're ranked ahead of them defensively, doesn't play like them. They are different. They, their intent when they touch you is to hurt you. Um, they are aggressive. Uh, obviously, he didn't have any time in the backfield to get rid of the ball, and so they looked like they didn't even necessarily belong there, but I don't think that that was really quite it. I think that, you know, Houston ran into a buzzsaw. You know, we may look back at this, and you, whether it gets to the Super Bowl or not, and say, damn, you know what? Yeah, this wasn't Houston. This was what the Ravens were doing. Um, and the second thing about the Ravens, um, Lamar is, is the truth. No matter what people have tried to say to him, what, how they tried to pigeonhole, what he is not, what he can't do, it does not possibly look like it did in the past, and I agree with that. Um, but the game has changed. And, again, this will go to ownership, what they're afraid of. They're afraid of Lamar Jackson, even when he was on the trading block and nobody wanted to touch him. They are afraid of that type of a player, and he is, he is just changing the game by himself. And we're witnessing it on, on every single play. Uh, the passing, uh, his passing game is much better. He sees the field much better. He knows when to run. He's obviously a great leader. Um, so kudos to him and what the Ravens have done. Uh, they were uh, the most dominant uh, team that I saw this weekend by far. Okay. Uh, before I get, uh, bring Carlos in, uh, just real quick, we were Carlos was talking about, you know, uh, and everybody basically was talking about recycling coaches and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm just saying where the Falcons' defensive coordinator goes to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and first of all, yeah. we know the Falcons gave up a lot of points, so that makes sense. And then Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, goes to – the Chicago Bears. So I I don't get it, but anyway, I right, Carlos. Okay. <laughs> so these playoffs, these playoffs made me think of three things. This one, this was such a toss-up year in the NFL. Like cream rises to the top. It just seemed like who's going to rise. There was nobody really doing – I mean, you know, I live here in Philly. If the Eagles looked like they did last year, they literally walked through the league last year at 14-3. and three. This year, they weren't the same team, but it was a, a, a – you could take it at any time kind of, kind of thing. Um, another thing that this made me think of was what wins games – Strong defense and running the ball, controlling the clock. No matter how much they try to devalue running backs, that it's always a running back that ends up carrying the load, getting the first down, making the catch out of the backfield. So those were just thoughts I had about these games. Going game by game, Ravens, Texans, I mean, as Larry pointed out, that Ravens defense, they are angry and upset, and it's just fun watching them. It makes me think of 
20 years ago football, kind of like just let's get after it. And the Ravens, I expected them to be a little rusty early in the game, but they hadn't played in three weeks. So once they kicked that off, they just kicked the Texans' butt. Great to see the Texans there. DeMarco and Stroud, they got a lot of years ahead of them, but it was a good look for them. Uh, Lions, Tampa Bay. The Lions is a great story. You know, Lions have never won anything. The team is following their coach. They're feeling it. They're playing with passion. It's fun to watch them. Uh, I think Todd Bowles actually made a few mistakes at the end of the game with a with a timeout in his pocket, which that shouldn't happen. But I'm glad the Lions won. I'm, I was happy for them. Uh, Green Bay, Niners, I I felt the week before, and I told people, Green Bay is going to give the Niners a great scare and could win. And that's exactly what happened. They love is the real deal. Love controlled the game. I thought he did great until, you know, he, he went across field where he should have threw it out of bounds and had more two more downs to live. But – I think they're a team on the rise. The 49ers look like the team to beat in the NFC, and we'll go from there. Bills, Kansas City. Classic, as usual. Uh, Allen making plays with his legs, with his arms. Mahomes, the real deal. If I was Buffalo, and and this would be, you know, it would take take some guts to do this, but – if it was fourth and five or less at the end of that game, I'm not kicking the field goal. I'm going for it. And my explanation to the public would be, I want my best players on the field with the chance to make the play that got us here to this point. Their history, their wide right, to put that pressure again on that kicker at that time with wind swirling, when he kicked the ball, I knew it was going right. As soon as he kicked the ball, he didn't even follow through with the kick. It just looked like it wasn't going to even make it. But I really was pulling for the Bills because I just wanted to see them finally get over the hump. But Kansas City is Kansas City, and Mahomes and them pull it out. So that's it. Ms. Duck on mute. I don't know. Duck on mute. Maybe. Um, Can you hear me? Can you hear me? He might be. He might yeah, be applying for one of those jobs. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Duck, so we lost that. you again. Okay. You're not no, in West no, Virginia. Sorry, sorry about that, guys. Okay. The, the grand key is wanted to talk, so I had to put it on pause. On mute. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, is it my turn, Doug? Yes. All right, so go ahead and talk to grandkids. You know what? I want to start with Chiefs and Bills. And um, unlike Carlos, I was not pulling for the Bills and Josh Allen, and I won't pull for that owner ever. But I And I, I think we give Josh Allen way too much credit. And everybody was saying if the ball was in his hand, you know, to win the game, he was going to win the game, and he didn't. And then they put it, gave it to the kicker, and, again, we are wide right. And that was evident, you know, as soon as he kicked it, that it was not going to be good. I, I, I'm 
I like what Patrick Mahomes continues to do. And, again, here he is going to his sixth straight AFC championship. Um, and I know that the Bills came out of the six and six, you know, season and, and really came down the stretch really well. But I, I think we give him so much credit. And I watched, you know, Greenberg this morning and Rex Ryan, and they just love him and just think he's the world beater. But instead, he continues to lose in these big games. Um, and it can't. He has to be part of the common denominator on why they they do. I know he's a great runner and he looked good, but he, in the end, when the ball was in his hand, he did not do anything. And the, the Chiefs won again. Um, the Texans um, and, and the Ravens. And I do want to say this also: both teams that were on bye weeks, I thought they came out and looked rusty. I thought the Ravens did, and I thought the Forty ers did almost the entire game, especially Brock Purdy. But, you know, um, congratulations to, to Miko Ryans and to C.J. Stroud. What a year. Um, but the Ravens were too much, and they showed that in the second half. And I do agree with everybody else who said it, that, that Lamar Jackson is a different Lamar Jackson, or maybe the same, and, and just really growing um, in how he handles um, his team and how he's throwing that ball. And, and they a lot of times they had um, – run plays yesterday just for Lamar action for Lamar Jackson. And I thought that was, um, you know, of course by design, but I was surprised by that, that um, that was part of the answer for some of those games, for some of those um, plays. Packers 49ers, I like what Carlos had to say that, um, and I, I think I texted Duck in that, uh, okay, the Packers are in this game. Um, and, I, and I think it was two minutes to go um, before, the, the the 49ers put this away, and then, of course, then the Packers, um, you know, come back out for one more chance and Love throws that interception. But the 49ers um, are in the, the championship game. I was rooting for the Bucks just because it's a Florida team, and I really like what Baker Mayfield, most of the men around me here at home don't like Baker Mayfield for a lot of other reasons. But I, I thought he really resurrected and and got the the Buccaneers back to a place of winning. And not that they weren't there last year with, with Tom Brady, but Tom Brady was on his way out, and I thought they struggled last year. Baker Mayfield made them credible, and they were one of the last teams standing. Um, congratulations to Todd Bowles. But Detroit and Dan Campbell, I think, is just their year. Um, and I think that's it. Uh, I, I've talked about everybody. Okay, Duck, it's on you and the grandkids. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm back. Uh what about this, Quintus? Let's talk about the matchups this week and who who's going to the Super Bowl. Wow. Um, I think the Lions have enough to beat the 49ers, especially if Brock Purdy is worried about his hand, whether to have a glove on, whether not to have a glove on, and all of that. Um, I think he needs to come out and have a seamless game. I'm also – um, concern about Devo Samuels, uh, you know, it's a 50-50 chance he's playing. Um, and he's been hurt throughout the year. And there is always something, I think, with Devo Samuels. I don't know, and I followed him, at, you know, in Columbia here at, at South Carolina. There is always two or three games um, that he is out, um, and I think he's injury prone. Um, and I hope they have him because he is an X factor when he's healthy and can play. But I'm going to I'm going to pick the Lions, the Lions over the 49ers. And then the the Ravens and the Chiefs, 
Um, I'm going with the Chiefs all the way. I want to see them back in the Super Bowl. Okay. All right, let's go with uh, Carlos. Carlos, Carlos. you playing with grandkids too? (laughs) No. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Where we at? I'm sorry. We want to know about uh, this week's games and who you're taking, who's playing in the Super Bowl. Oh. This week's coming up, so um, we got Ravens, we got Chiefs. I'm going Ravens, and we have Niners, Lions. I'm going Niners, um, and then I hope it's Lamar's year. That's what I'm looking for, Lamar to come out on top. Okay, Doc. Yeah, you know, I want to piggyback on what Princess said. I think you're right. I was talking with my son, um, you know, as far as the 49ers, and I said it seems like, I mean, they're obviously, you know, great players, but I said it seems like McCaffrey and Debo, like they're always dinged up for something and, you know, miss a few games here and there. But, um, you know, I'd like to see the Ravens win. Um, I'd like to see, you know, Lamar's basically be a two-time MVP. I want to see him finally get to the Super Bowl Um I have some concerns with, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes. You can never count him out. But I, I think the Ravens will pull that out. Um, over in NFC, you know, you know, I'm pulling for the Lions. Um, I know San Francisco, you know, the home, and um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll make some adjustments and play better this week than they did last week. But, you know, the Lions, I mean, they suffered for so long. And to finally see them get to a Super Bowl, and um, so I'd like to see the Ravens and the Lions. Okay. Larry? Yeah. Um, for all the reasons that Princess picked uh, the strength of Detroit, I like Detroit. Um, I saw some flaws in, in San Francisco. They weren't as strong. And if Devo's not playing, I, I think to Tara Point, he really is a difference maker. Um, I don't know if he's injury prone, obviously, by the number of times he's out. But um, – you know, when he went through his contract and he wanted to leave, part of it was rumors is that he was running the ball so much and becoming injured. So I think that has something to do with him. And, by the way, when he runs the ball, he is unbelievably dangerous. Um, so without him, and if he's 50-50, I'm not sure how healthy he would be. Um, I do think this is Dan Campbell and Aaron Glengear. Um, I would like to see that happen. You know, maybe he gets an opportunity, you know, to interview for a head coaching job whether it's just, you know, lipstick on a pig or whatever. Um, and as far as the Kansas City Ravens, uh, man, it's hard to go against Kansas City with with that duo, which is, uh, you know, one of, you know, the, the coaching and, and uh, the quarterback. I just have a feeling that Lamar is still the best player. When he's out there, Lamar is still the best player on the field. Um, that defense that they're playing with right now is a weapon. Um, this is not a regular defense. I have not seen a defense like this in a while. I think this is Lamar's year. He is the X factor. You know, as I look back at all the games I was watching, you know, Green Bay included, um, there were several things that you needed, and I think Carlos mentioned them. You needed a running game, a D, and you needed a quarterback to make some plays. 
in, in all the games that we saw, the quarterbacks made some plays. Love made great plays until he made a, a mistake. Um, every quarterback. And if I look at this game, just because of the defense that the Ravens will be putting on Kansas City, I like um, I like the Ravens. So I got the Ravens along with um, Detroit. I, plus, I can't root for uh, anything any team both is on. I've never been a fan of him since his his, uh, his racist tweets when he was in college. So that he had to remove. So I've never been a fan, and as his girlfriend still uh, puts up information like that. And both are saying that Donald Trump was the best president of his lifetime. Yeah. Is he oh, yeah, he's got some. Yeah, he's got some issues, and his girl still putting it up there. Yeah. All right, Larry. I want to stay with you. Give me your top six running backs going into the draft. All right, where are we at here? Let me grab. All right. Give me two seconds to pull up my paper. You got your cheat sheet, Larry. Oh. Listen, listen. Let me let me let me give props to you guys, okay? And Will's not here. I told my wife, I'm like, boy, don't you ever walk into that place on that podcast unprepared. There's just <laughs> too many people that are you kidding me? Don't take the wrong step. You step into a minefield with the minds that I'm playing with here. <laughs> oh hell no. <laughs> this is like studying for a final every time I come on here. Yeah, I you, know, you sound like, you sound like Doc. Yeah, <laughs> Yes, sir. Come on, man. It's, listen, <laughs> you better have it together when you come on this show. If, if, and if people are listening, let me tell you, these people here are unbelievably knowledgeable. So, yeah, I got my cheat sheet here. Um, the number one consensus seems to be uh, Brooks uh, out of Texas. Uh, so I got Brooks number one and uh, Benson from Florida State number two. Uh, strong runner, very explosive. Uh, Blake Corum, uh, a little small, but he's going to fit into the league coming out of the backfield out of Michigan. So I'm sure that he'll do well. Bucky Irving out of uh, Oregon, they always produce something, you know, along the lines of James. Um, hopefully, again, you know, uh, 5'10", he'll come out of the backfield really well, catches the ball. Um, uh, Stein out of Notre Dame, uh, I like, and I'm going to go on my sixth. There's a young fella I got here. Let me go. I got to drop way down here to get him, to get his name. I think it's Isaiah. Um, I can't remember Isaiah's Davis. last name. Isaiah Davis. Isaiah Davis. Yeah. Out of South Dakota, correct? South Dakota yeah. State, yep. Yeah. I, I think he might be the running back that finally, other than quarterback, transition. Um, great speed. Uh, open space, he's a problem, um, and that's what today's game is. So those would be uh, my sticks because there's always somebody that we don't know about that shows up and, you know, shows out within the next two or three years. So those are mine. All right, uh, Doc. You know, it's funny. He had the same ones I had except for I had uh, Dylan Johnson for six. But, you know, it, it is it is interesting with the running backs, Um you know, I, I know that most of the time they, they say not to take them in the first round. Um, but, and which, you know, I, I guess I see to a certain, because, you know, I look at like Pacheco and I look at 
like Cooks or Buffalo. I mean, you know, some of those guys are, in, you know, like uh, um, the guy for the for the uh, Chargers, name escapes me. It seems like every year that I watch, like, the playoffs, um, oh, yeah. there's some running backs that I never even heard of. And, you know, I try to be fairly knowledgeable. I mean, um, like you were saying, I, you know, when, when I first started coming to the show, I was just flying by the seat of my pants. And then as the the weeks went by, I was like, I guess I got to do a little prep work. I can't just, like, <laughs> just say any old thing. I got to get something down on paper. Um, it is a hazing process. <laughs> it is. Um, it is. But – but yeah, I mean, so like I said, I had pretty much the same running back. So you know, we'll we'll see if any of them really pan out, or whether it'll be some some other surprises that get drafted. But yeah, those those are my sticks as well. Okay, uh, precious. Um, Duck, I, I, these are in no particular order except for number six is FSU and Trey Benson. We'll make sure that he's last. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm really high on Jonathan Brooks, but he tore his ACL um, at the end of the season. So I don't know, uh, you know, I know, I'm sure it will be drafted, but he may have lost some stock because of that for sure. Um, I like Blake Corum, Bucky Irvin from Oregon. I I like him. And I had Isaiah Davis from South Dakota State on mine too, Larry Tisdale for sure. Um, And and then, but – one that I included was Will Shipley from Clemson. And I don't, I'm not sure yeah. if he's a running back or wide receiver, but he's in that position a lot. And he does a lot of things, including return punts. But I like Shipley. And whoever drafts him is, is, is getting a good player for sure. So um, Shipley, Brooks, Benson, Coram, Irving, and Davis. And, again, Benson is last at number six. I follow. I well, mine is pretty much the same as everybody. Brooks, Texas, Benson, FSU, Quorum, Michigan. I got Bucky Irving, Oregon. I got Dylan Johnson, Washington. But I was really impressed with Isaiah Davis. Uh, workhorse, run the ball 20, 25 times a game, seemed to get stronger as he went, and I don't see how he doesn't make it. Those okay, are my no, now, Preston's the only one here, Shipley. Yeah, I like him. Oh, I like him. I don't like him at yeah, running I just, back. I, I just, like him I at just didn't know if he slot back or something. Yeah, I, 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 I thought think, he was they, more of a they slot. They think he's going to be the next McCafferty. Yeah. No. Really? I don't think he has the body yeah. for that, but he's going to have no. to put on some pounds if he wants to do that. McCaffrey has learned that. And, and this year, um, Tisdale, I think this is the first time McCaffrey has played in all all the games. I think he was 16 out of 17, but maybe 17 out of 17. But this is the first year McCaffrey has had such an injury-free season. Let's see how far that goes. Yeah, you're right. He was getting help on the sideline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, so yeah. I'm going to stay right with you, uh, Carlos, because I want to know, who would be the surprise NFL team to get into the playoff next year? I got a couple that I'm thinking of. I think uh, I think Jacksonville, I don't know how much of a surprise they're going to be, but I think they'll finally pull it together. But I'm going to tell you one team that I think, given a better coach with the talent that they do have, the Chargers could be a problem. Yeah, They there just need a solid coach. They got receivers. Backs, they got defensive linemen, D backs, um, so they they could really be 
an issue giving good leadership, which they haven't had. Okay, Larry? Man, yeah, you 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 saw what I was seeing, Carlos. Um, I I have I have several. Um, at an AFC South man, I, I'm gonna tell you what I like the Colts. You put that running game together with uh, him coming back. Uh, what's the quarterback's name? I'm at a loss. Luke Richardson. Um, Anthony yeah, Richardson. With him coming back, yeah, I think he's a game changer. Um, so I like the Colts uh, next year uh, coming back. Uh, I, I was looking at the Chargers also. Um, they get a coaching staff behind them. Yeah, I, I think that they're going. They're they're going to be fine. So those two would be, you know, the two that I that I see coming in and really probably making a great deal of noise. Um, you know, the Colts, the Colts and the Chargers, I think both will be in there solidly next year. Um, and if the Steelers get a get a quarterback, I know they were in there, but they snuck in there. If they get a quarterback, man, they jump way up there. They they battle out with the Ravens at this point. Okay, nobody from the NFC. Uh, Larry? Uh, let, me, let, me, let me see here. Let me go through my notes. Hold on. Yeah. I got to go down. We ain't, we ain't going your qualifier there. was a surprise, you know, was a Which surprise one? into the – No, now I was just saying that your, your, your qualifier was will surprise teams make it to – you know, we all – we're not surprised about some of them that make it and still don't do anything, so. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in the NFC, yeah, no, I'm looking. There's nobody to surprise you. The Bears ain't coming. The Vikings, Cardinals, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't see it. I really don't see it. Uh, wow. I, I, Francis. Um, you know, I'm going the Raiders, uh, and and just strictly because of Antonio Pierce. I want to follow him and see what he does. I'm at the combine and in the draft and. Um, I want to see that organization, but I think maybe that's a surprise one. I didn't pick the Colts because I'm not sold on Anthony Richardson, and not just his ability, but I think he is injury prone. I saw it at Florida, um, and and I think you know, and for him to 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 now be out for the rest of the season, I hope he can have a consistent um, career in the NFL because obviously he has talent um, and size and speed. But I'm going to Chargers for sure. Um, and I don't know, um, well, because of Carlos, that whole staff needs to be gone, and he would know more than anybody. But but yeah. I'd like to see them and and see them go. But I'm picking the, the Raiders and the Chargers. Carlos, I'm going to get you an interview out there, buddy. Yeah, you know, Duck, I took a couple of flyers. I mean, I, you know, I, some of the teams uh, that were mentioned, I, I think they have opportunities as well. But um, to piggyback off Princess, um, I think AP will get the Raiders. I don't, I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but um, I think he'll get them into the playoffs. And then, you know, I think Atlanta might make it. And I, I know that, you know, the NFC South doesn't really have a dominant team. I know Tampa Bay won the division this year. Um and I guess we'll see if, if Baker will have more than one good year. But I think with with a new coach, um, some of the talent that Atlanta has, I think they got a chance to make the playoffs next year. Okay. Stay with you, Doc. College football top five teams in 2024 besides West Virginia. Well, yeah, West Virginia. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I got I got Texas. Um, 
Brian Callahan? Who's Brian Callahan? He's going to be the new uh, oh office coordinator. He's going to be the new coach of uh, the Titans. Um, so uh, I got Texas. I got um, wow. Georgia, number two. And the Bengals. I got yeah for the Bengals. I got Oregon, number three. I got Ohio State, four, and then I got kind of a surprise sleeper. I got Ole Miss at number five. Oh, okay. All right. Larry. Yeah, you know, I you know me. I go by obviously recruiting. Recruiting most times tell you go play in the championship. I got Georgia number one. Alabama will still be strong at number two. Ohio State at number three. I got Texas at number four. Um, and then rounding in at number five, I got Oregon, who will always be tough. So those are mine. Okay. How many did you ask for? Five. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That was it. Hello. Yeah. I got Georgia one, Texas two, Bama three, Oregon four, Ohio State five, and Michigan snuck in at six. <laughs> okay. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just real quick, I forgot my my six was Colorado. I just wanted to make sure on the record. I got Colorado number six. All right. All right, Princess. First of all, let me say to all the Alabama fans, you are probably an eight or nine win team, and I am so happy about it. I hope you put your roll tied up for the next few years um, hey. because not only is your coach gone, but your players are jumping ship like crazy. So um, I don't have Alabama in my top five at all. Um, Georgia and Texas can be interchangeable, um, and, uh, again, just from Travis McGee saying roll tide in our thread, I'm sick of Alabama. So, you know, <laughs> happy trails to you, Nick Saban. Enjoy your retirement. Um, I have Penn State. Um, I, I want to see them do well. And just so that I can hear Duck say that they're in the playoffs, the kitty cats are in the playoffs. Oregon, um, well, I, I think they're back. <laughs> I know, right? And um, Lane Kissing has shopped well in the transfer portal. They have a team coming back. Um, I think someone else said Ole Miss at number five. That's number five for me. All right. All right, Princess, you beefing or making us go? Hmm. No, I'm not beefing, and I don't don't know what to go hmm about except for, um, and I'm going to keep harping on it, please sit Taylor Swift down. Please um, just get the camera off of her. We got to go. That's the only reason that I want the Chiefs not to win is just because I'm sick of them showing her. And then now she and and Patrick Mahomes' wife are just buddy, buddy, buddy. And then they show Patrick Mahomes taking a picture with Taylor Swiftie, you know, and and that's where she is. But we now, seriously, they have a clip of her coming in on the golf cart from the parking lot. They have a clip of, of them leaving after the game. They have a clip of him showing a heart, doing the heart sign to her up in the, you know, stop all of that. But other than that, I, I'm not beefing. But I am sick of Taylor Swift and, and how the NFL has really collaborated with her. Um, and they've realized that yeah. the more exposure that they give her, the more exposure that they get back. And it is a two-way street in that, and the NFL is playing to that. That was Lamar Jackson and Rihanna. Would we be getting that much coverage? 
Well, I hope Rihanna isn't leaving her man, but you know, I oh, see what I you're understand. saying, and no, yeah, yeah. and no, they they would not. Um, but Simone yeah. Biles and the young man from from Green Bay, um, who yeah, met yeah. on a dating dating app, they didn't give that much exposure. Right, right. You mean the gold medalist, the greatest gymnast of all time? Nothing. Yeah. What you got for is, uh, you know, I guess, I guess. Uh, Princess and I are kind of vibing a little bit tonight because I, I want to pick it back on what you said earlier about um, Josh Allen. Um, so, you know, I think I do think he's a great player, but it, it seems like he just gets a pass, like whenever the Bills yep. lose. Um, yeah. You know, for better or for worse, wins and losses, I know it seems to be in a kind of a quarterback stat. Um, but, you know, e- even if he's um, – that people are trying to put him in the same category as like Mahomes and Burrow and Lamar, but, you know, his resume doesn't seem to add up. I mean, obviously, Mahomes, it goes without saying as far as what his resume is, but, you know, Burrow beat him last year, um, and Burrow has beaten Patrick Mahomes, gone to the Super Bowl, um, and, you know, Lamar, obviously, is going to be a two-time MVP, um, and, you know, he has many AFC championship games now, as Josh does, which is one, Um, and, you know, I know his teammates maybe could have made some plays, but it just... I think like Princess was saying earlier, I mean, I know that uh, Dan Olosky just and other guys are speaking his praises, and thankfully thankfully, RC was on there today to to bring everybody in to say, you know, he's not as great as everybody wants him to be, or he would win more. Okay. All right. Uh, Carlos, beefing, I'm making us go, hmm. Beefing, continuing. NFL, please. <laughs> NFL, be honest with yourselves. Be honest with us. Be honest with the fans. And give us real coaching prospects. Look at real people that can coach the game, not fake people, not wannabe people, not just young and up and coming, and let's just put them in there. And don't be afraid of us. The black man. Don't be afraid of us. Give us a fair chance to win and move things along in the right direction. Done. Okay. Okay. Man, see, you got me heading in another direction now, bro. Yes, I would love to see them give us a chance. And we are regular. Unfortunately, I think that these men have money invested and have made their money on the backs of us and not always in, you know, ways that could be shown into the light. So I don't think that they're going to do some of these things again without there being some sort of uh, – and, and, and I was thinking about you, Carr. I don't know who's doing the NFL players, but somebody needs to sit down and say, the only way that we're going to be having ideas is if we're in the room when there's hiring, because if not um, – yeah, we're going to be having this conversation every week and every year. Okay. Uh, going to you, Precious, take us home. You know, I just don't think that any of the NFL owners, or most of them, um, are willing to put the road to their success or to more money in the hands of an African-American coach. And, and I think they have proven that over and over again. So, Again, we're on account. We'll see how many are hired um, um, as we go. We see this year pans out and, and head to the Super Bowl and then the Combine and all of that. Also, condolences to the King family. Dexter King, um, 
Um, the son of, of Martin Luther King passed away today from prostate cancer. Um, oh, I remember really? him on 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 campus. He wasn't in, he was not in school at that time, but we called him DK the DJ because that's all he wanted to do is to <laughs> <laughs> is to play music and be the the fun part of the party. But um, he has. Um, he passed away today. I was sad to hear hear that. I'll oh, reach wow. out to my classmate, um, Bernice King, for sure. But that is it, gentlemen. Thank you. Again, I had a great first hour with Terry Bowden, um, and Duck made sure to let him know that I was a Gator fan. And, of course, he talked about success at FSU. But just a, it was just good to listen to him talk about being around the table growing up with Bobby Bowden. That was pretty powerful. So, um, gentlemen, yeah. thank you. Um, Larry Tisdale. Carlos Bradley, um, Doc Basil, uh, we appreciate you all being on Duck. As always, I'll see you tomorrow night. we got a heavy hitters tomorrow night, too. Guys, have a great week. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Be good, Sam. Be safe, everybody. Uh, Yes. Amen. Amen. Never had it so good. We'll see you next time.